What are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. And that was Gertrude. And this is going to be the murder of Sylvia Likens. This is Jen. This is Becky. And this is Too Close to Home. It's going to be a bummer of an episode. Mm. (laughs) I mean, like, murder is always a bummer. But. Always. This one is, is pretty rough. So I love horror movies. We all know. And I was flipping through Netflix or something the other day. And I found this movie called The Girl Next Door. I was like, let me check out that shit. It was fucking wild. (laughs) And then I was like, of course, I have to IMDB that shit because I do that with every movie. I got to know all the fun facts. I got to know where that shit was filmed. I don't know why. And then I found out it was a true story. And I was like, oh, damn. Oh. So it's thoroughly disgusting. Uh, It's going to be really hard to... um, joke about like of course we joke because oh, i'm sure i'll yeah. find a way <laughs> we'll find a way but that's like how we cope so it's gonna be a probably a different one than normal i would say okay. let's get on into it um my sauces are obviously that movie <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs> wikipedia the indie star all that's interesting.com and medium.com so let's talk about sylvia likens she was born the third of five children to carnival workers Lester Cecil Likens and his wife Elizabeth Betty Francis Likens. Loving it already. Carney. I'm so excited oh, yes. about that. Me too. <laughs> Her father, Lester Likens, had only an eighth grade education and worked a lot of different do- jobs to make a living. He had had a laundry route, he worked in factories, and he even owned a small restaurant, but that was unsuccessful. Mm. I mean, I'm like, once you're in a carny, you're carny for life. <laughs> Well, I feel like it would probably be, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way by any means, I feel like it would be hard to run a restaurant with an eighth grade education. You oh, shit, You really yeah. have to have some education to understand the business aspect of it. Yeah. Or oh, be a yeah. family thing where you've been taught, you know. Where it's kind of like ingrained, you've been doing it your whole right. life. Nah. You can't. You can't just come off the carnival and be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. We can make our own Burger King. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so... He actually would travel with carnivals and he would sell food and work the concession cart and his wife would do that as well. In fact, it kind of was a family thing. She was actually, Sylvia herself, was in this middle between two sets of fraternal twins. Oh, wow. Benny and Jenny that were one year younger. I hate that. Yeah. And Daniel and Diana, who were two years older. (laughs) It was like Daniel, Diana, Sylvia. Benny and Jenny. <laughs> she says Mother Mary. Jenny was uh, an ill child. She had suffered from polio and had one of her legs where it was weaker than the other. And she was afflicted with a notable limp and had to wear a steel brace on her leg. Fake news. Polio is not real. But go ahead. <laughs> what? I said fake news. Polio is not real. Just like COVID's not. This is all the government. But whatever. Carry on. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Fucking> dead. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> Sorry. I had a situation at work one day and I had to call a store to see if they had something in stock. And the lady who answered goes, hold on, let me check and see if that's fake news for you. I was like, fuck me. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see if that's fake news. (laughs) So Sylvia was friendly, outgoing, and by all accounts, a sweetheart. She went by the nickname Cookie, of course. So... She occasionally earned money by babysitting, running errands, or performing ironing chores for friends and neighbors, often giving her mother part of her earnings. So just like a real sweetheart of a kid. Okay, you being for real? For real. Okay. 
Sorry, I'm really feeling myself today. <laughs> I am loving this. <laughs> this was like the last episode with uh, Steve, what's his face? And I was like just coming off with all these fucking tangents. <laughs> yeah. I had the hardest time naming that episode. <laughs> Jen won't shut up. <laughs> this is what happens when you wake up at four in the morning and finish adding touches to your podcast and you're like really into it is like you're in the zone when you get here to record already. <laughs> I've got my witty shit all lined yeah. up. <laughs> Don't even got to warm up. Been warming up since four. <laughs> <laughs> Although she was outgoing, Lycans always kept her mouth shut um, when she was smiling because she was missing a front tooth. She was she had lost that front tooth by um, roughhousing with one of her brothers during a childhood game. So she was very self-conscious of it. I would be. And she was very protective of her sister, Jenny, who had the polio. So they were pretty close. She loved. Sounds like a good person. Yeah. She loved the music and was a big fan of the Beatles, which is like, mm. what? I love the Beatles. What? Yeah. Let I'm it be. Not. I'm like, I love some of the stuff, but I'm not a big Beatles fan. Get out of here. Carry <laughs> on. I hate you already, Jen. <laughs> Her parents and brothers often work carnival circuit together to support the family. Diana was married and out of the house by this point, and Sylvia and Jenny were left behind. They decided that instead of taking the girls on the Carney route, that they needed to stay home to keep them safe, which is kind of like forward thinking for the time. Yeah, that I was literally thinking when you finished, I was going to say it's probably safer for those girls not to be on that. Route. Yeah, because there was some shady ass shit that happened in those kind of oh, situations. Yeah, for and sure. so and then also that they wanted to make sure the girls got their education, which. For for, yeah, for the parents, you know, who are not educated, they know that, that this is going to help those girls along. So very forward thinking. They would sometimes stay with their grandmother. But uh, July 3rd, 1965, Sil Sylvia's mother was arrested for shoplifting. And this is what led Sylvia and Jenny to be left with an almost complete stranger. Mm. So let's talk about the offender. Her name is Gertrude Nadine Beneswuski. She was born September 19th, 1928 in Indianapolis, Indiana, to Hugh Marcus Van Vossen Sr. and Molly Myrtle. <laughs> I love that name. Molly Myrtle. <laughs> Both of whom were originally from Illinois and were of American and Dutch descent. She was the third of six children. And on October 5th, 1939, she saw her 50-year-old father die of a sudden heart attack. In 1945, she dropped out of high school at age 16 to marry 18-year-old John Stephen Beneswuski, who was originally from Youngsville, Pennsylvania, and of Polish ancestry. So not Amish. Don't worry. Not your people, Jimmy. <laughs> John had a volatile temper, and he occasionally beat his wife during their marriage. They had four children, Paula, Stephanie, John, and Marie. John was a former um, Indianapolis policeman, her husband. They divorced in 1955. And she had a rebound marriage with a man named Edward Guthrie. It lasted three months, shocker, before a divorce. Jesus. <laughs> Ink she, didn't even draw on that paper. Right? She was like, you know what? Rebound. <laughs> you know what will help me get over this? A whole nother dick. <laughs> I mean, that usually does, but I wouldn't marry it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We all know that you never marry a rebound. No. Come on, y'all. Get with it. Come on. Jimmy, was I your rebound? <laughs> and he's still miserable 10 years later <laughs> she remarried john the first husband shortly after her second marriage she's like you know what let's give this another go yes he beats me but whatever 
Um, they had two more kids, Shirley and James, and then would again divorce. Spoiler alert, didn't work out. Oh, no, it didn't work. It you got it. You got it. In 1963, so the swing in 60s. Weeks after her third divorce, she began a relationship with a 22-year-old named Dennis Lee Wright. Oh. Who also physically abused her. Aw. <laughs> but like, listen, I know you want to be a cougar, but if you have that many children and they're all babies just about, you ain't got no time for no rabbit fucking 22-year-old son of a bitch. And that's exactly what it's going to be, rabbit fucking. Yeah, it's like, and then it's over. Woo, was that good for me? Did you come? No? Okay. Maybe next time. Sounds like a waste of time to me. I just don't, oh, I don't get why women older, and maybe because I'm not like that age yet, maybe because I'm not in my 40s and 50s. But I can't look at a 22-year-old and not think that they're a baby. Oh, same. But like now I feel like a pedophile. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I felt like that when I was single. I used to tell guys, I'm like, if they couldn't answer the two questions that put them in my age bracket, I told them to go home. Their mom was probably up on the couch waiting for them. <laughs> I used to ask if they knew who Teddy Ruxpin is. <laughs> and if they didn't know, I was like, your mama is probably worried to death about you sitting on the couch. <laughs> I you remember Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> That thing was evil looking, though. <laughs> it was. But see, that's how I know you're in my age bracket. You don't know who it is. Oh, baby, go home. You don't know. Worried. No, no, baby. <laughs> Literal baby. Literal. She had a child with this baby. Oh, and it was named after him. It was Dennis Lee Wright Jr. And shortly after the birth of their son, what do you know? He abandoned them. Shocking. She filed a paternity suit against Wright for financial support of their child, although Wright seldom contributed to the care of their son, which is, you know, that happens even to this day. <laughs> she also re received sporadic checks from John, her first husband, to support the first six children, which I'm sure probably can't have been a whole lot. So we're up to seven churns? Seven churns. It's a lot of mouths to feed. So by 1965, she was thrice divorced and living with her seven children. Paula, who was 17, Stephanie, who was 15, John, 12, Marie, 11, Shirley, 10, James, 8, Dennis Lee Wright, Jr., 1. She was 36 years old. OMG. Hard pass. That's a no for me, dog. <sighs> like, I obviously am not of that era where people were having their babies really young and stuff, like at 15 and shit. Like... Oh, my God. I don't know how people do. Like, I, I knew someone who had a child at 13, and she, I remember <sighs> looking at her and going, like, holy shit, how are you able to? I I was probably in my 20s, and I was like, how the fuck are you doing this? Because I know as sure as shit that baby would die if I had to hold it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, if when I was 13, fuck no, I was still probably playing with Barbies and shit. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about having sex, let alone having a child and raising it. Fuck, let alone even holding a boy's hand. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like right on that precipice between like cooties exactly. and crushes. You know, yeah. like boys are just now starting to get interesting That's in wild that way. To me, but. <laughs> right. But like the fact that the people did that and then they had multitudes and that was back when ba having babies was fucking hard. Yeah. Like fucking fabric diapers. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Having to boil milk and bottles and all that shit. You didn't have fucking iPads or nothing. God damn. <laughs> Like, Netflix saves my life daily. <laughs> All right? <laughs> and for more parenting advice and tips. <laughs> Definitely don't ask Follow Jen. Follow Jen. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she was only five foot six, but she weighed about a hundred pounds. Five six and weighed a hundred pounds. Yep. Yowza. But that's because there was no food to eat. She was taking care of seven children. Run, run ragged. <laughs> yeah. Um, people would describe her as a haggard, un- underweight asthmatic. I agree. Probably that's. She was a chain smoker, suffering from depression due to the stress of three failed marriages. A and seven children. Don't forget that part. <laughs> yeah. Comma. Comma. And seven children. And seven children. <laughs> uh, I would sit around and chain smoke and not eat too. Fuck. <laughs> you don't even have time to do anything else. No. <laughs> she uh, had the stress of three failed marriages, a failed relationship, and a recent miscarriage, which honestly. Uh-uh, don't say it. Don't say it on air. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate feel all of your energy and vibes and what you're saying. I can't even <laughs> put into words. I love the amount of PC that is trying to envelope coming out of your mouth. <laughs> like, girl, you don't just keep them. You know what best birth control is? A dime between the knees. <laughs> <laughs> just hold the dime between your knees. Did your grandma teach you that? No. <laughs> Somebody older <laughs> did. Yeah. yeah. That's how you do it. And I was like, well, what about doggy style? <laughs> Dime between the knees probably works great, doggy style. <laughs> it probably makes it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> she had a terrible addiction to prescription drugs, which she horrifically abused. As would I. As would I. Let's pop my pills. Seven kids, three failed marriages. Cigarettes, pills, and liquor. That's all. And I'm you doing. got asthma. Homegirl is asthmatic, chain smoking. Probably because of all the cigarettes she smokes. I just cannot even really like. <gasps> God, take me now. <laughs> Fuck these kids. Fuck these men. The fact that she did that first marriage, like, you know what? Let's give it a go. She occasionally performed odd jobs for neighbors and acquaintances, such as sewing or cleaning, in order to earn money. She resided at 3850 East New York Street, where the monthly rent was $55, which is $514 in today's money. So that has uh, kind of gives you an idea of like what kind of place it was. You paying $500 a month, you know that shit's ragging. But it is a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I, I remember the... First place I went and rented after my divorce, my dad installed an air conditioner. My rent was $75 for two years. What? Yeah. You paid $75 to live in a place for two years? Yes. Um. Now, it did not have air conditioning before, and it was like a whole hunting lodge, and it was only 50 acres, and the turkeys pretty much owned it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, it had one bathroom, and in that bathroom was also your laundry room and the hot water heater. Okay. So it was... Not like painting a good picture was not palatial, you know, placial. You weren't inviting a lot of people over. No, no. (laughs) But (laughs) let's go to your house. No, let's go to your house. (laughs) I remember when she like raised my rent after those two years. She's like, okay, so it needs to be like two hundred dollars. And I was like, fuck. I guess (laughs) this is not a month. You were not paying this a month. Two hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You said a year at first. Oh no, 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 yeah. And I'm like, that's like. (laughs) four dollars a month <laughs> now it's just decreasing <laughs> we all know i can't math come on now <laughs> how i made it to adulthood i don't know <laughs> i pay taxes <laughs> at this time she was going by the name gertrude wright which was her 
second baby daddy's name, and would tell people her husband was in the army and serving in Germany. Hmm. Which, I mean, I get that, like, at that time, being, like, an unwed mother of, mother seven, of seven children. Chain smokes and pops pills is not exactly the most desirable lifestyle. <laughs> no. Like, so, like, maybe that gives her a little bit more honor or zest or whatever i don't know to say that her husband's in the army serving his country and that's why he's not present not that he's an alcoholic abusive motherfucker yeah just like goes where the wind takes him her home was the kind neighborhood children would come and go from as they pleased now that sounds great right you want to be the home that your kids and their friends feel comfortable coming over honestly not me though because i don't want all those children but (laughs) I could see that that's very appealing, but she would do things like let them get away with things their parents wouldn't oh, let them I, get away. I assumed that was what was going on there. That was like the party house for kids. Yep. Smoking, drinking, yeah. raunchy sex talk. Oh, fun. Right? Gertrude's 13th pregnancy had just ended in her sixth miscarriage. She was tired and looked twice her 36 years of age. Her 17-year-old Paula was also pregnant at the time by a married man to make matters worse. You mean make matters better. <laughs> Have another baby, y'all. <laughs> By a married man. I can't afford your ass, but let's have another, you know. Gertrude was suffering for money at this time, which led to the horrors that we're about to get into. When Sylvia's mother was in jail and the family was low on funds, her father decided he needed to get back out on the carny circuit to sell and make more money. A mutual friend introduced Likens to Gertrude. She was willing to look after Jenny and Sylvia for $20 a week, which is about $187 in today's money. Which, I mean, if you're really broke at the time, that probably was super attractive. The Likens, despite barely knowing Gertrude, didn't think they had any other choice. The sisters had become acquainted with Gertrude's eldest two daughters, Paula and Stephanie, Stephanie, while studying at the Arsenal Technical High School. Regretfully, Lester never even stepped foot in the home of the woman he hired to care for his daughters. If he had, he would have noticed that weren't weren't even enough beds. The house had a hot plate where the stove would have been, and Gertrude was in no position to take on more children. That's really sad, considering they seem to be, like, looking out for their future so much in the beginning to... To now, a like, you know what? Turn around. I want to keep you safe from the carny circus, so here's a stranger you're going <laughs> to live with. Sounds great, right? You'll be safe. She's got seven kids. They didn't all survive this long. If she didn't know what she was doing. Right? Basically, she's a professional. Yeah. Lester cryptically requested that she straighten his daughters out when she placed them in her care. Like these kids were bad. Homegirl was like literally, I did not. Okay. Grew up poor. I wasn't going out and ironing clothes and giving my mama money. I wasn't, but I would babysit and buy my own school clothes and stuff. See, you were better than me. I was not that child. Well, I already know that. Your mom tells me all the time. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rebecca. (laughs) Gertrude assured Lester that she would take care of his daughters until his return as if they were her own children. That could be a good or bad because I've seen the way some people take care of their own children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first two weeks, the Banaswuski family treated Sylvia and Jenny kindly, as promised. The girls spent time singing popular songs and gossiping about boys together because he had Paula and Stephanie and uh, Sylvia were all around the same age. It was like gangbusters, like so much fun all the time. They were subjected to very little discipline or abuse, although Sylvia and Paula did butt heads often. 
Likens regularly sang along to pop records with Stephanie, and she willingly participated in housework. Both girls also regularly attended Sunday school with the Banaswuski children and the pastor commending Sylvia's piety. I don't know why that makes me feel gross. Like an old man walking up and like, Sylvia, you're so pious. <laughs> I think you're just looking at it creepily. I think he was probably more so like committing in that time and probably that environment too. Yeah, because it was the 60s and shit was wild in there. Yeah. And the one girl was pregnant already. <laughs> so by a married man. I see who you hanging out with. So he's probably like, good fucking job. <laughs> So all the checks were supposed to arrive on like prearranged dates. And then one day, the money order from Sylvia's parents didn't show up on the day Gertrude was expecting it. Jenny later testified that Gertrude took us upstairs. This is a quote. And she slapped me and said, well, I took care of you two bitches for up for a week for nothing. These payments failed to consistently arrive upon the prearranged dates, occasionally arriving one or two days late. Big Which I mean, deal. it's coming through the fucking mail. Yeah, it happens. All the time. Like, one's about, like, if you're going to be watching these kids and you're sending a check every week and you're watching them for, like, six months necessarily, that's a lot of checks. One or two is going to be late. Yeah. Possibly missing. You know what I mean? Also, he's on the fucking road. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the carny life, but I feel like that's not stable. Uh, same. <laughs> I feel like there's not always a mailbox right there. No, no. The payment was received actually the next fucking day after that. But a line had already been crossed at that point. She had vented her frustration upon the sisters by beating their bare buttocks with various instruments, such as a one quarter inch thick paddle and a thick leather belt from one of her husbands who had been a cop. And have you seen a cop's belt? Mm -hmm. Those things are fucking thick because they're meant to hold up a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, they're like the um, utility belt on Batman. Mm -hmm. They're meant to hold a lot of things. <laughs> Jimmy's Fun Facts. Your average police officer's utility belt, connected to the underbelt and belt keepers, is indeed not your average waist secure. They are usually made of either ballistic nylon or leather, are over two inches wide, and weigh approximately three pounds all by themselves. This heavy-duty belt supports, depending on the department and standard load, anywhere between 10 and 30 pounds of equipment. So as you can imagine, a belt of this design could cause quite a bit of pain to the recipient, or save lives, if you're Batman. This is how I know you're married to a nerd. Light the utility belt for Batman. <laughs> Good job, JJ. <laughs> He'd be so proud right now. <laughs> Sylvia and Jenny's parents actually came a few days later after their first payment and gave another advance payment. The sister said nothing of the beating. And I'm sure, like, part of it would have been, like, they probably felt that they were a fault. Because, I mean... I'm sure you've probably had it happen in your life that you misunderstood something as a child and thought it was your fault when it was nothing that had to do with you. No, I always knew I was never in the fault. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's I right. I've never known her to be wrong. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. <laughs> I broke my nail. So like somehow just now. Just now? Like a, like a few minutes ago and I was like, now I'm just sitting here like nervously. It's driving me crazy now that half of it's on there and the other half's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gertrude starts to begin to abuse both Sylvia and Jenny in broad daylight. Remember how tiny and frail she is? 
So whenever she couldn't fulfill the punishment, she would just have her eldest daughter, Paula, step in to complete it. Because she's asthmatic. She weighs 100 pounds, so I'm sure she wasn't probably able to hit that hard. So she would just run out of breath and be like, all right, Paula, you take over. And Paula's not like pretty much the same age, just beating her. Well, first of all, shame on her because I'm a a small girl and I can finish my beatings. (laughs) (laughs) You're damn right. You're just being lazy, Gertrude. I I can. (laughs) She would punish the girls for various offenses, such as exchanging soft drink bottles for change at the nearby grocery. So just doing shit that kids do. She's just fucking punishing them to punish them. Just looking for excuses, as most abusers do. For real. By mid-August, Gertrude had begun to focus her physical abuse almost exclusively upon Sylvia with her primary motivation likely being jealousy of her physical parents, respectability, and potential in life. Oh, I'm sure. Because, I mean, at this point, she's, like, thrice divorced and shit, you know, has a handful of children whose daddies don't want anything to do with them. She got a fucking hot plate to cook for all these seven fucking kids. They're all sleeping on mattresses and shit on the floor. Some of them don't even have mattresses. She's clearly out just banging random dudes because she's had six miscarriages at this time. Yeah. And ain't none of them around helping with nothing, so... Which I'm like, I get it. It's a shame. I'm, uh, I hate it for you. I do. I hate anyone that has to get to that situation. But do you get to be children because of it? No. Right. And I get being envious that somebody has their whole life ahead of them with no mistakes. But that doesn't mean you go beat them. That means that you tell them. Don't make my mistakes. Keep going. Exactly. Keep going exactly. on the path you're at. Initial abuse um, included subjecting Sylvia to beatings, starvation, and forcing her to eat leftovers or spoiled food out of garbage cans. Oh, my God. I hate that. That's the stuff that makes me cringe and really just gets to me is, God, doing shit like that to kids. Like, I'm not saying, like, beating is okay, but, like, now you're just getting to, like, really dangerous territory, first off. Well, just cruel. It's cruel. It's dangerous. It's unimaginable could you look at a kid and be like eat the fucking old ass chicken out of the trash no No. i would eat it before a child would yeah we all know how i love to eat out of the trash i'm just kidding (laughs) like my niece yeah when she came and i was like where do you get these fries fries? (laughs) from the garbage can i was like jesus waste not want not aunt becky (laughs) (laughs) and they they have money so it's not like no they were French fries. Who throws away French fries? She just, Perfectly good French fries at that. It's my niece. She don't. <laughs> she don't give a shit. Don't give a fuck. She's my favorite. I love her. <laughs> She's my. Uh, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> but I love her spunk. Yes. On one occasion, um, Sylvia was accused of stealing candy she had actually purchased. When she suspected Sylvia of stealing, Gertrude used matches to burn the girl's fingers. Ugh. Oh. On another occasion in late August, Sylvia was subjected to humiliation when she claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach, whom she had met in the spring of 65 when her family lived in California, because they had moved all around the United States. She told the other girls that she once laid under the covers with a boy. Upon hearing this, Gertrude would twist Sylvia's words and insinuate that she was a slut. Gertrude asked, why'd you do that, Sylvia? And she replied, I don't know, and shrugged. Several days later, Gertrude returned to the subject with Likens telling her, You're certainly getting big in the tummy, Sylvia. Looks like you're going to have a baby. Likens thought Gertrude was kidding with her and said, Yeah, it sure is getting big. I'm just going to have to go on a diet. 
Because I think this kid, like, even though she's being abused, she's like not understanding that this woman right. was just venom. However, Gertrude then informed her and the other girls in the house that whenever they did something with a boy, they would be sure to have a baby. And then she kicked lichens in the genitals. Oh. Paula, herself three months pregnant and also jealous of Sylvia's physical appearance, then participated in, in attacking her, knocking her off the chair onto the kitchen floor, shouting, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. Mm. Let's see the apple to fall far from the tree there with her daughter. Oh, no. This is this is like the sandlot, but if it was fucked up. It, it's unimaginable. And it's crazy that we have not heard more about this case. Mm-hmm. She allowed her six children, in fact, encouraged them to partake in the abuse of Sylvia and her sister, Jenny. You know, I always wonder if I grew up in that environment, would you participate? You know, in, my, in our mind frame right now, it's easy to say I would never do that. But if you grew up like that, I wonder if it would shape you into a person that thought that was okay. Or if like your instincts and your compassion and empathy that's in you would still be in you. And you'd be like bruh, this shit ain't right. Like, you know what, you know, do you get what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think it's like a a 50-50 on that one. Like, it's really what it boils down to is choices because there's a lot of people who grow up in those environments and they choose to go the opposite way and they don't want to participate in those kind of things. And then there's people like in this case who are like, it's just like putting gas on the flames. Like, fuck yeah! You know, like wiling out and doing these things and it appears normal to them and so they're just going to keep perpetuating it. That's what baffles me. But the, then again, I would feel like I would be in that first group that would be like, oh, no. I feel like I would too because just the thought of like hitting someone or kicking them makes me squeamish. I just don't. I just don't like it. Like I can take care of people when they've been beat up, but I can't watch it like on movies and stuff. Like when there's that, yeah. those scenes, I always don't look. And Jay's like, how are you? You take care of people that come with mangled arms and legs, but you can't watch. And I'm like, I don't like to watch it happen. Yeah. It just makes me squeamish. I'm the one who comes in after and fixes it. I don't exactly. want it to happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. Like, look, another burden survivor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. This guy got stabbed. Crazy. <laughs> this actually extended to the um, neighborhood children and friends of the children. Jesus. So now it's like a whole slew of children. In addition to physical abuse, Gertrude also started abusing Sylvia with food. She began to forage for food in dumpsters in hungry desperation because she would not feed her. Mm. When she was caught, Gertrude Paula and the neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon Lepper force-fed lichens a hot dog overloaded with condiments, including mustard, ketchup, and spices, and lichens vomited as a result and was later forced to consume what she had regurgitated. And also, like, you know, she's starving, and if you... If someone's been starving and then you make them eat a lot of food. They're going to just vomit because they can't. They can't handle it. Yeah. No. In her only act of defiance, Sylvia started a rumor that Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes. Which I mean, like, that's pretty tame compared to what they're doing to you. It is very tame. They made you fucking eat your throw up. But okay. That's how, for me, like, that's how, like, innocent she kind of was. Yeah. And there sadly naive yes she supposedly did this because she was upset with the household singling her out for similar accusations because they would call her one all the time yeah they implied she was pregnant and all Mm -hmm. that 
Gertrude repeatedly falsely accused her of promiscuity and engaging in prostitution, ranting about the filthiness of prostitution and women in general. When a classmate propositioned Stephanie, she found out that Sylvia had started the rumor. She asked Sylvia if she had, and Sylvia told the truth and said yes, leading to Stephanie to cold cock her. <laughs> and then both girls began to cry with Sylvia apologizing, which sounds pretty normal. Like, we have little girls. They literally fight all the time on this yeah. damn show. Like, the other night, I think one of them unfriended the other, and it was like, oh, my God. And then now they're all cool. Yeah. That's a thing that girls do. Like, I would not be surprised if you got in a fight with your friend because they, someone, t- you know, the ru- I had made a rumor, called you a prostitute, and it came back to you. <laughs> I would hope that even in anger, you would tell pretty hard I was a whore. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not my style. But I'm a bitch. Go ahead. It's the truth. <laughs> You're like, that I confirm. <laughs> I'm a whore. No, just ask my husband. He barely gets it. <laughs> JK. JK, JK. Or am I? <laughs> or am I? <laughs> At that point, Stephanie's boyfriend, 15-year-old Coy Randolph Hubbard, heard the rumor. He actually attacked Sylvia, slapping her, banging her head against the wall, and flipping her backwards onto the floor. Jesus. What is wrong with these people? Yeah. When Gertrude found out, she beat Sylvia with a paddle. What did she do? Oh, the rumor. We're still all beating her ass about a Everybody's. She's been punched. She got beat by a boy, which probably was stronger than her. Oh, yeah, for sure. And probably did not know when to stop. Yeah. And then, of course, gets paddled on top of that. You got to know that kid's probably black and blue. Yeah. As stated before, the kids would gleefully participate in Sylvia's torture. Later during the trial, some of the kids were open about how Gertrude had recruited them in the abuse. The children took turns practicing their judo and Sylvia hurling her against a wall. Some began kicking and beating her. Others would extinguish cigarettes on, their, on her skin in the ex- excess of a hundred times. They threw her downstairs and cut open her skin and rubbed salt into her wounds. Fuck. And Gertrude gave sermons on the evil of sexual immorality while Paula stomped on Sylvia's vagina. Paula accused Sylvia of being with child and mutilated the girl's genitals. Oh. Gertrude just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Gertrude's 12-year-old son, John Jr., delighted in forcing the girl to lick his youngest sibling's soiled diapers clean. Okay. After the beating, Sylvia was forced into a scalding hot bath so she would be cleansed of her sins. Sylvia was so beaten that she was unable to use the bathroom voluntarily And when she wet the mattress, Gertrude decided the girl was no longer fit to live with the rest of the children. Then on October 5th, her parents came to visit them. Again, the girls didn't say anything about it because they were afraid it was going to make it worse. Neither girl exhibited any visible sign of distress about their mistreatment to their parents. But that was likely because they were both in the presence of Gertrude and her kids. Yeah. I mean. Of course. Basically, they're captors at this point. So you really can't say anything. When they left. Gertrude turned to face Likens and stated, oh, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. Gertrude banned them from seeing her, their sister, Diana, who lived nearby. The girls had seen her in the park recently and told her about the abuse, but she assumed that they were exaggerating it because they wanted to be out on the road with their family. She mentioned her hunger to Diana, and Diana made her a sandwich and gave it to her. In response, Gertrude accused Sylvia of engaging in gluttony before she and Paula choked and bludgeoned her. The pair then subjected Likens to a scalding hot bath, and then Gertrude grabbing Sylvia's hair and repeatedly would hit her head against the bath 
to revive her whenever she fainted. Because that's exactly how you wake somebody up. Yeah. By knocking the fuck out of them. Yeah. That's how I get my kids up for school in the morning. (laughs) When Diana tried to visit the house later on, she was turned away at the door. And approximately two weeks later, Diana encountered Jenny by chance close to the home and inquired as to Sylvia's welfare. She was informed, I can't tell you or I'll get in trouble. Who said this? Jenny. The sister. Mm -hmm. Which... Jenny was abused as well, but Sylvia like took Sylvia. all of it. Yeah. And and part of it was because she wanted to protect Jenny. And she yeah. had, you know, she had polio. She was already weak anyways, and she was younger. So she, I feel like she felt that was her moral responsibility. Gertrude alienated them from anyone who cared. Paula once held the door open and dared Sylvia, get away and stay away. But Sylvia had nowhere to go. Her family wasn't nearby. There wasn't anything they could do about it. Fuck, at this point, I go live on the streets. Yeah. And uh, let's end on this because the next episode is going to be pretty rough. We're going to go into the basement. And that's where it really gets very ugly. So definitely don't watch the movie in the meantime because then you'll spoil it. Please don't do that. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But it was like, watching this movie was like, oh shit, like who the fuck wrote this? Like the fact that somebody could even think about doing these things. And then you realize that they're real and it's like, holy shit, it gets even darker and deeper. Mm, 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 mm. It's already bad. I can't believe it gets worse. Yeah. I feel so bad for this girl. She's somebody that you could see running away and then living on the street and prostituting herself because what other life do you have? Yeah. I mean, your family's a carnies traveling all over the country leaving you with a fucking stranger. Oh, I want you to be safe and get your education. Here's a stranger. Mm. Poor baby. That's like, let me move into a neighborhood of pedophiles. It'd be fine. It'd be cool. Be fine. It's no big deal. And then leave Camilla home by herself. <laughs> you got this. You're all right. You're eight. You basically are grown. Just go ask the neighbor if you need something. <laughs> you need a cup of sugar? Go ask John next door. I don't think his offense had to do with children. <laughs> it was boys, not girls. So you're safe. <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so. Definitely. Let's talk about lighter things. Uh, find us on whatever platform you listen to. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow, show. All that all that jazz. We have been seeing so many reviews. Thank you, you guys. Yes, thank First you. First of all, like the fact that it blows our mind that people that we don't know have never met in our life have heard our voices. And listen. And listen. And, and like fucking think we're funny. I mean, we already think we're funny, but the fact that you think we're funny, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. <clears throat> we were kind of awestruck just by some reviews that we had read and just kind of grasping the reality that we got people out there to listen to us and like to hear us because we love this. We we yeah really enjoy it. So to know that other people do, like, you guys, thanks. Like, you know to make a girl feel good. For real. And also, like, I love compliments, but I also am, like, really hard about taking them. Like, oh, me too. It feels awkward as hell. Like, oh, yeah. thanks. You're great, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I like your podcast. I always feel like they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, uh, it's, I can't tell you thank you enough. And um, of course, if you want any merch to rep us, we have that available. We are on all the platforms, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And if you have your own Too Close to Home stories. Oh, yeah. 
If we you haven't mentioned Sylvia, that in a while, please share your own too close to home story. Give us a holla. And until next time. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. And don't bring it so close to home that you do these horrible things that happen to this little baby. Mm-hmm. Don't be leaving your insurance with strangers. Don't do it. I thought we... Stranger danger. Wasn't that a thing? Come on now. It's the 60s. Guess it wasn't there yet. Fucking 60s. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.